It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting, 20 years after Babylon 5's debut. This intro cast is a dream-given form. Its goal? To introduce the show to new fans by creating a place where new viewers and older light can discuss the show peacefully. It's a port of call, home away from home for geeks, nerds, podcasters, and wanderers. British and Americans, wrapped up in minutes of audio downloads, all alone on the web. It can be a silly place, but it's our last best hope for intelligent analysis. This is the story of the first of the Babylon 5 intro cast. The year is 2014. The name of the show is Down Below. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm in. And I'm Heidi. Well, Elizabeth can't join us today, and we're trying to get a hold of our guest. Maybe he'll be able to join us after we get a little later. Today, we are here to discuss episode 21 of season one, The Quality of Mercy. But first, here's an ISN special report. This is an ISN special report. We have yet another bizarre story from Babylon 5 today. Kyle Edward Mueller was convicted in the deaths of three station residents. His sentence, death of personality. On his way to his mind wipe, he escaped, receiving an injury in the process. While on the run, he sought aid from a Dr. Laura Rosen, who was under fire for possibly practicing medicine without a license, using alien technology to heal patients. When Mueller took Rosen and her daughter hostage, Rosen used a device to kill him. No charges were filed against Dr. Rosen. This has been an ISN special report. The Quality of Mercy originally aired August 17, 1994. It was directed by Lorraine Sina Ferrara, who has directed episodes of Dr. Quinn, Falcon Crests, Lois and Clark, and The Sopranos. The episode was written by JMS. So let's head into the recap. Yeah, the results on our web, on our Facebook group were unanimous, fasten, then zip. <laughs> Sorry if there's any extra traffic noises this week. I put a window unit in here and didn't realize how much more sound would be able to get in because of that. If it's too bad on the recording, I may record somewhere else next week. We'll see. So the episode begins with Londo speaking to someone back home. He wants Londo to get more allies. Londo says he'll try. Londo leaves. Notice you can see that statue in the background at this point. Uh, he runs into Lanier and decides he's going to take Lanier under his wing for two days and going to show Lanier more of Babylon 5. So this storyline was the most interesting of the episode. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, even um, JMS says that himself. Yeah, just the fact that they want Londo to get closer to, you know, other people, other aliens, other races, whatever. Um... I think that that sort of goes into one of my theories that I've been building upon, but I'll talk more about that later. Hmm. In the courtroom, um, Buds Wellington is presiding over a case of this guy that's killed two civilians and a security officer. This was the same guy from Grail, I think. 
the defendant is pronounced guilty and the sentence will be read the next day and then we see opening credits yeah i was pleased with this scene because since doing this podcast i heard something i wasn't expecting and i was thinking of elizabeth uh-huh yeah so, elizabeth got this one about that the courtroom would come back yeah well and what the defendant says just in case someone wants to use it as a quote oh uh, so i'm gonna steal that one <laughs> <Don't get me. laughs> After the credits, we see Ivanova going to a free clinic that Dr. Franklin set up in Down Below, because not everybody can afford to go to the med lab. So, isn't it a little, I mean, I guess you could argue that this, for anywhere really, but isn't it a little counterintuitive to, like, have people not be able to afford medicine on a space station? You are in a little tiny enclosed, I mean, tiny, you know, comparatively to a planet, enclosed place. You do not want people to have contagious diseases and be walking around and can't go to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah, but also the down below section and the um, people that are in down below, they were an unexpected side consequence of building Babylon 5. The people who are set, the bureaucrats at home, don't expect there to be a poor population on Babylon 5. Don't expect people to be staying. They expect everyone who goes to Babylon 5 to be able to, you know, be fairly well off. Mm-hmm. Or at least have a job on Babylon 5. Right, which, again, so, Elizabeth yeah. and I have complained about that before, too. So Yeah. <laughs> It's basically down to the bureaucrats on Earth not understanding how Babylon 5 works. Uh-huh. I just heard how my voice sounded there. Um, I got a bit too over-enthusiastic in <laughs> explaining how things are. <laughs> uh, I sounded too much like a teacher there. Yeah, I saw Claudia Christian was at a convention in Salt Lake City this weekend. and Oh, Fantasy Con. Yeah, she's posting pictures on her Facebook, and some of her fans were kind of making jokes and she's flying back it's pretty funny <laughs> summer glad was there too i really wanted to go oh she's really nice well ivanova's upset that uh this is going on without her knowledge she wants to be able to share the blame she says she bends a few rules herself which reminded me of the coffee growing and she just wants to know how she can help out next garibaldi sinclair and talia are talking <laughs> with the ombuds about the case Garibaldi wants the uh, defendant to be space, which actually is an option in some circumstances. I think it was mutiny. Uh, the only option they really have in this case is to mind-wipe him. It reminded me of how death of personality is the ultimate punishment in that book. I mentioned The Demolished Man by Alfred Bester. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good book. Yeah, so the three options that they had, I guess, were a prison on Earth, which wasn't an option. Yeah. Uh, the brig on Babylon 5, which again, not an option. Or this whole personality erased thing, which pretty terrible, yeah. I guess. So. I mean, you know, killing someone's quite terrible anyway, but what is worse? Losing your life, losing your personality and being made to be someone else. Well, isn't it about the same thing? I guess when you think about it, you know, I mean, he no longer, he ceases to exist, so yeah. technically he dies, I guess. His personality, yes, but it's he, he's then being forced into doing um, something else. And we, I mean, it, both are quite bad, but, it, it, you know, at least with death, you're gone, you know, and, and also the guy's gone from... Uh, 
no way of coming back. Whereas mind wiping, something could go wrong, and also it's a really questionable matter of you know what makes a person. Yeah, and I guess whether or not he's aware after the mind wipe, like is he in there somewhere? I guess. Talia doesn't want to get inside his head because of what's happened previously, and they can't get another telepath because there's a shortage of telepaths trained in criminal matters, but in the end, she agrees to help carry out the sentence. And down below, Dr. Franklin runs into a woman. He's looking for a Laura Rosen. He's heard about someone practicing medicine down there without a license, and she's taking patients away from him. So the woman that he meets directs him to where Dr. Laura Rosen is. She's treating a patient, tells the patient to leave whatever money he can for her services. Dr. Laura Rosen is played by June Lockhart. She was on the show Lassie. She played Timmy's adoptive mother. (laughs) And she was also on Lost in Space with our own Bill Mooney. She played Veneer's mother on that show. So JMS tried to get them in a scene together. He thought about it at least, but couldn't figure out a way to logically get them together. And Bill Mooney kept begging to be in a scene with her, but JMS just thought he'd get in the way. And (laughs) that scene would always forever be about the Lost in Space reunion. And if it's not important, he said it probably shouldn't be in the episode. Well, let's see. She could have walked through the casino and... <laughs> <laughs> or after the... And... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Or, um, after the big bar fight, um, Veneer could have been treated in sickbay, and that was around the time when the machine had got transported to sickbay, and so they might have met there. Yeah, yeah. See, there's a logical place. <laughs> Sorry, the med lab, I said sickbay. <laughs> Everyone knows what I mean. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So Laura Rosen, she's using the machine to help people. She's not really sure what their writing says. She has a basic idea of what it says. And the lady that uh, the doctor met on his way there comes in. Turns out that she's Dr. Rosen's daughter, Janice. Janice Rosen is played by Kate McNeil. She was been on shows like Quantum Leap and Murder, She Wrote. Dr. Franklin thinks this is all a fraud and doesn't like them deterring people from seeking real help and says that he'll be back. So he's basically just having like a science person, uh, like homeopathy uh, debate here. (laughs) Yeah, and also, you know, if you don't have a license, license, there's no accountability. You know, if something goes wrong, you know, oh, I visited this person and they made me sick. Well, were they a qualified doctor? No. Well, it's your own fault for visiting them. Yeah, well, exactly. That's the homeopathic medicine debate, you know? I mean, people practice all kinds of stuff that Mm. I won't uh, go into. (laughs) Yeah. um, Because I think a lot of it's great, but... It's something that if if you bring up anywhere, you get a lot of responses. Mm -hmm. And um, also, you've got the attitude of uh, Laura and almost said Roslyn. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this uh, former doctor, um, as we find out later here, um, she's very much, you know, that I'm I'm a doctor of the old school. I look after the patients. Don't worry about the science. <laughs> kind of just feels like um, she should be practicing medicine out. Um, 
you know, in the 1800s or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it makes sense that the people of Down Below who can't afford the other medicine would go to her for help. Because, I mean, if you don't have other options, you're going to seek out whatever you can do. Yeah, and it seems like um, Franklin's clinic hasn't been up and running for that long either. Yeah. So, yeah, they probably trust her over Franklin because Franklin hasn't been around as long. Mm-hmm. Especially because he's very judgmental. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the courtroom, Kyle Mueller is being sentenced. Kyle Mueller is played by Mark Rolston. Very familiar-looking guy. I saw that he's been in... Aliens, A Lethal Weapon 2, he was in Robocop 2, Rush Hour, The Departed, Saw 5 and 6. The judge asked him if he has anything to say before sentencing, and he replies. Yeah, this is where he replies something that I'm sure made Elizabeth happy. (laughs) Uh, We haven't got Elizabeth. Yeah, I yeah. Like, that like came out of nowhere, and the way he said it, I was like, dying laughing when he said that. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I was just thinking Elizabeth would be cheering at that moment. <laughs> uh, the judge says that since he can't be sentenced to death, he's being sentenced to death with personality. He will be programmed with new memories and will serve the community harmed by his actions. And as he's being dragged out of the courtroom, he says he's going to kill everyone. In med lab, Garibaldi's talking to Dr. Franklin about the mind wipe. Franklin's going to take care of the machine that they're going to use. In return, Franklin wants Garibaldi to get him some information about Dr. Rosen. I think at this point he didn't know that she was a doctor yet. No. But he wants to find out if she's doing anything illegal. Just thought this scene was interesting in the way that Franklin and Garibaldi you know, kind of had different opinions on the mind wipe. Franklin wants to make sure it's not painful. We're not sure if it's the right thing to do with Garibaldi. It's all in favor of it. Yeah, yeah. he just wants punishment. Yeah. And also, um, maybe she is doing something illegal because earlier in the season there was a whole issue of um, the alien tech in the infection and, you know, that was a dangerous bit of technology that A, didn't go through quarantine and B, if it had gone through quarantine and the properties were found out about it, I don't think he'd be allowed to keep it randomly on the station. They'd have to, there'd be certain procedures put in place. So say her machine, for example, I don't think that went through quarantine. Otherwise, it would have, yeah, otherwise it would have been confiscated and um, actual, you know, a whole group of scientists would be studying it. Yeah. 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 I just think this was a much better Dr. Franklin story than Infection and what was this other one, Believers? It's bad. I really really just don't care about whenever he has a (laughs) storyline. Well, I think the... The, the problem is the storylines he's given. Yes, I think so too. Lando takes Lanier to the Dark Star to see some dancers. The Dark Star is a reference to a 1974 movie, the same name. Lanier isn't sure this is a good idea, but Lando promises him he's going to see the heart and soul of Babylon 5. <laughs> that was also a good quote. <laughs> Lando yeah. conveniently yeah. left his money back in his quarters. Of course he has. He's going to use Lanier's money. And Lanier seems really entranced once this dancer takes her <laughs> clothes off. 
Uh, find out that Minbari get homicidal when they have alcohol. Big psychotic. <laughs> I had kind yeah. of forgotten about this storyline. It's been a while since we saw Londo meet up with Veneer. And then I was thinking back, wondering if we'd ever saw Dylan take a drink. <laughs> well, you hoping Lanier would actually take a sip of it. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Yeah. And then Londo would have to deal with that. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's a nice little touch they've done that, yeah. Not all chemicals have the same effect on different biologies. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, you've been surprised, I just like how I know it's, oh, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> trying to get Lanier drunk, I guess. Get all the secrets of the Mimbari from him. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we see Dr. Franklin talking to Janice Rosen. This is where we find out her mother was a doctor until she got addicted to stems. Uh, this scene, it was very melodramatic. It just felt like it came from some sort of daytime soap. <laughs> so, yeah, she lost a patient and lost her license, and she found this alien healing technology so she could be vindicated. She's just, uh, Janice is just happy that her mother's smiling again and doesn't want to see her mother hopeless again, so she's been hiding the fact that they have enough money that they could get back to Earth if they wanted to. So down in the dark star, Lanier is boring <laughs> Londo until he mentions that he's a master of probability and this gives Londo an idea. Poker. Yeah, although I think this is, sadly, there's a very clunky line here because he says probability was something, something. And all I kind of thought was probability. No, the art of folding and washing clothes properly right. <laughs> or something like that. Right. It's, do you really think your audience don't know what probability is? <laughs> yeah, let's explain it for us. Uh, uh, yeah, Lanier, Lanier doesn't want to leave once because there's another dance starting. <laughs> Next, we see Talia in her quarters getting ready for the scan. She's got her pouty face on. <laughs> she doesn't want to do the scan at all. Hmm. So then she arrives in Med Bay to scan Moiler. Um, He's antagonistic. Once she gets inside his head, she finds out that he's killed a lot more than those three people. Says that there are lots of voices in his choir. It's creepy. So after she leaves his mind, she hightails it out of there. Yeah, I noticed in this scene, though, um, the, his reaction, both inside his head and then when she leaves, he must have some, at least latent or minor psi ability if he's able to remember her in how she's inside his head because from what we've seen before um most people don't seem to be aware if you're in their head unless um. you tell them and the way his conversation followed directly on from what he was talking about inside his head he it, you know there must have been something going on there i think interesting to think about that huh. so he's more than what he appears uh, yeah, it looked like it to me anyway. I mean, it might just be a very, very minor um, thing. Maybe um, something just, you, you know, that... Um, I don't know how to describe it, but he he's not very... It would be very strong at all. Like, you know, the cycle wouldn't probably even pick it up. But, you know, if he scanned, something happens. No one here is exactly as he appears. Where's Jakar? <laughs> Where is Jakar? Come on. Uh, yeah, this episode really was missing him. Uh, next we see Dr. Franklin looking over records of Dr. Rosen's patients. He sees something and leaves. 
We're back in the dark uh, the casino. Lanier and Londo are playing poker with some guys, and Lanier is giving away his hand, not winning as much as he could have. Mm. Then we see Dr. Franklin going to see Dr. Rosen. He secretly scans her while she's seeing a patient. Is that unethical or... <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> Franklin admits that the machine doesn't kill. He noticed her life sign... Or the machine does work, sorry. He noticed her life signs drop while she's hooked up and figures out it transfers life from one being to another. She tells the story of how she got it. It was originally designed as a means of corporal punishment. She said corporal punishment, but I think they meant capital punishment, not spanking or something. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> you know, this is only one device. There might have been many more. And who knows what hands and what uses they were put to. <gasps> and as soon as she said that, this episode became so predictable. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I was kind of in this scene thinking, despite how bad some of this episode is, at least it's Franklin dealing with this woman and not some other fictional um, doctors. I mean, ER's nowhere near sci-fi, but I've been watching it again recently, as I said last week, and yeah. Someone like Weaver? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want that to... It's, Franklin, at least, has... You know, he's got this scientific curiosity in him, and he's interested in alien technology. He's interested in alien biology. If he wasn't, I think he'd just um, call up Garibaldi and get her arrested right there. Yeah, so it's used to treat people with ter- uh, with terminal illness. She's She has Lake Syndrome, maybe two or three years left. She wants to try to figure out how to adjust it so it doesn't hurt the person giving the treatment. And, of course, her daughter doesn't know. She does agree that if something happens to her, she wants to pass this machine on to Franklin. Franklin agrees, but he wants to see her once a week for an examination. As Dr. Franklin's leaving, he runs into Janice, who she thinks he's harassing her mother again. He's not, but he offers to buy Janice dinner sometime. In the garden, Garibaldi finds Talia. She says Garibaldi can proceed when they want, and she tells, she pretty much confirms Garibaldi's idea that his belief that Mueller is a mass murderer. This is where the episode gets weird. At the poker game, Lando cheats by using his tentacle thing to steal cards. Oh my gosh. I was like, okay, is that little creature from that other episode? The yes, cautious the s- suit back? Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a pendage, shall we put it that way? Oh my gosh. Uh, JMS was saying that the props people were having, <laughs> they just kept coming back to him with more and more questions about how that was supposed to look. And it was, yeah. <laughs> I'm very freaked yeah. out by the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. What, just by this or by the additional thing we learn later as well? Uh, yes, that, that, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> However, there are multiple uses for it, at least. <laughs> Next, we see Garibaldi escorting Mueller. They run into Lou Welch on the elevator. Mueller knocks out Lou Welch and escapes into down below. At the poker game, Londo gets caught cheating. A guy gets up and hits Londo. Lanier fights him off with some nice moves, but then they're surrounded. 
Yeah, his Membari foo or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Kung Fu fighting. Yeah, actually, I think um, the Babylon podcast, they call it Pinky Foo, because if you notice how he's got uh, his index and pinky finger um, out, rather than laying oh. your hand flat, he's, he's just got those two fingers out. Yeah, was there a, something about this on the Lurker's Guide? I didn't write it down, but his stance... Like you said, came from some cartoon or something. I don't remember. I may be getting things mixed up. Um, in Mad Lab, Lou Welch says that Mueller got shot with a PPG, so Franklin calls his assistant in his clinic and tells her to be on the lookout for a guy with a wound from a PPG. She tells him everybody's going to see Dr. Rosen at this point, so Dr. Franklin has a realization and wants Garibaldi to meet him in Down Below. So Franklin goes down there. Moiler is holding the Rosens hostage. His arm's healing. Dr. Rosen's exhausted. But she reverses the machine, sending her disease to him, and she kills him. Okay, this is another problem with the whole thing. Um, the way they described the machine earlier, this is a completely different use. Earlier... We see basically that, well, they say the machine's used, original use is to heal the sick by basically giving what they call life force um, from the guilty, healthy party to the sick um, person. But somehow she's managed to change the machine completely and give an illness to someone else. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, okay, I apparently didn't understand what this thing does because I didn't get that from the explanation at all. No, I, I didn't think it would work that way and I don't think it does. In the courtroom, the ombuds rules that Dr. Rosen acted in self-defense so there won't be any charges, but she has to turn the station over the machine over to station personnel. Uh, Garibaldi tells her that she did the right thing, but she doesn't like that she violated her oath as a doctor and killed this guy, even though she might live another 20, 30 years now. Yeah, she could have actually stopped before it killed him, though. She didn't have to uh -huh. kill him. I know, she was really getting into it. She was like, I, she was totally doing like the villainous laugh or something. <laughs> yeah, she was just missing that. Uh, so technically, it's manslaughter. Because <laughs> yeah. she really could have just stopped when she disabled him, but... Yeah, Ivanova, we see she finds Garibaldi. She's found out who was involved in the disturbance earlier. Garibaldi doesn't believe that when he hears who it is, it's Londo and Lanier. Oh, oh yeah, actually... When they were talking in that scene, Ivanova and Garibaldi, I was like... I wasn't connecting the two. Like, I was thinking, okay, why do we care about this random thing? And then it goes to them. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Just quickly, um, something I remembered about the previous scene, actually. Um, it's very, it doesn't really matter, but the uh, daughter's knitted vest, that had to be a crime. Oh, I didn't <laughs> notice. <laughs> no, it was just this horrible purple knitted vest. Mm. Uh, sorry, it's got nothing to do with the rest of the episode. It would do That's okay. Elizabeth yeah. isn't here to help us with fashion, so you, you've got to take it up, Ian. I suppose so. <laughs> yeah, it had to be mentioned. It really did have to be mentioned. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I just did an image search on it just to see what it looked like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, Willinear uh, covers for Londo with Sinclair saying it was his fault. They can't be charged because of diplomatic immunity, but they do agree to pay the damages to the bar. When Sinclair leave, Londo wants to know why Lanier covered for him. Lanier says that it's an honor to help another save face. Delenn's going to know about it, but she won't ask. Lanier wants to know about the part of Londo that reached out for the cards. Londo explains Lanier says he's going to take a vow of silence regarding this whole thing and leaves. Yeah, um... <laughs> Did you pause there to take a closer look at the um, statue? Statue, no. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. it's not really a spoiler. So JMS uh, actually answered this. Um, well, a couple of things. First of all, um, someone asked what his appendage is called, and he he's given the name of testiculates. Oh, <laughs> he's actually done them. And, um, yeah, someone asked how many there are. And, I mean, if it's there on the statue, but JMS says they have six. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, so JMS apparently thinks about, uh, uh, aliens' sexual organs a little too much because we got the whole thing with Jakar when he was talking about that he could, you know, try and mate with a human and, yeah. I'm just thinking that he's a little too focused on this. <laughs> okay, because he's also put down, yeah, uh, centaur females have six um, corresponding parts. <laughs> yep, way too focused. <laughs> oh, well. Um, do you, I think there's actually an answer why that part in this episode, though. Because he mentions he was ill when he wrote it. He was, he, he basically had the flu whilst he was writing this. <laughs> so he was having, like, hallucinogenic dreams or something. <laughs> uh. So next we see Dr. Rosen handing over the device to Dr. Franklin. He's looking forward to studying it. She's going to leave to try to find out more about the origins of the machine. Her daughter Janice is staying, and she's going to take the doctor up on his dinner invitation. Hello. That's the yeah. end episode. Oh, oh, hi, Jason. Jason. Hello. So sorry. Welcome, Jason. Well, we're almost at the end of the episode, but I'm sure we could get your thoughts in on, on the whole thing. Yeah, so what okay. do you think about the episode? We haven't done ratings yet, but... I sort of like this one. I like all the interesting uh things you get with the uh with the uh device and um I don't know, I think uh I th- I really like June Lockhart in this role that she um like when she gets mad at the end, it's sort of I don't know, that's sort of a nice turn. Um brain thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> sort of hard to think of all those things at once. Um Well, we're rather than actually going through the full description yeah. Maybe you could give a quick synopsis of certain things just to refresh Jason. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't remember what. I think I remember all that, all that happens. Oh, that's um, okay. I'll just try to help you out. <laughs> yeah, the uh, and the. I think there's some interesting philosophical uh, uh, thoughts to be had about the the punishment um, that the that the killer has to go through. Yeah, I mean, which I'm sure you guys probably talked about whether you know is that, is that a good punishment or a bad punishment or I, I I've never really been able to decide if that's a like better or worse than prison. Yeah, it's, I don't know. yeah, we kind of discussed if it was 
better or worse than death. Oh, okay. And uh, I kind of said that it uh, depends on, I guess, if the person's personality is gone, but if they're still somewhere in their brain. You know, like, if they still know what's going on, but they can't do anything about it, then it would be much worse than death. Yeah, I've got to wonder as well, is this punishment and mind-wiping and, and equivalent things um, applicable to the entire of the um, Earth Alliance? Or, you know, is it only for outposts and institutions that are run by the military? or some portion of the official government, and then individual countries can keep their own laws in some ways, apart from replacing a death penalty with mind-wiping, because, like in the UK, we don't have the death penalty, and we've not had the death penalty for some time. And then, say, if a international um, body was set up that said murder... You know, you know, punishment for murder should be mind wiping when we imprison them. How does that work? Do you know? And what is the better punishment in that case? Death, prison, or mind wipe? Or do the judges just have the option to use it or not? Yeah, it's um, it seemed to me that it was just a. It was because they don't have long term prisons and there's no system to pay for sending the prisoners back. That's why it's an option uh, here. Uh, it doesn't sound like very many Psy are willing to do it either. Yeah, like maybe they do it less or don't do it at all on Earth, I'm not sure, but definitely it sounds like it it tied their hands somewhat because they don't have a long-term prison system out, you know, on Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. So that that's not an option for that cr- for that crime. Yeah, it's, it's clearly not an option here. Uh, it does present a whole lot of questions and, you know, the one I just raised is only something I've just thought of, but it's definitely an interesting development and um, uh, a part of the universe you don't normally get to see. Heidi, were you happy to see the ombuds again? Um, that was, I think it was a different one, right? I can't remember. No, it was the same, same guy. Okay. I remember, um, though, I remember it was you yeah. or Elizabeth who were like, I hope you, see, you, so, hope you saw that again. That was just yes. that one episode. Yes, I was actually more just thinking, oh, Elizabeth was right. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was good. So yeah, the quality of mercy is taken from the Merchant of Venice, and we did see Bill Blair as an alien in this episode somewhere. Our favorite <laughs> alien. The only one that stood out, yeah, the only alien, sorry, that stood out to me was that um, pig-nosed alien on the game table. I don't really remember him. <laughs> <laughs> this was the seventeenth episode filmed. Yeah, as as I said last week, I figured that this one was going to be like more of a filler, you know, like a standalone um, kind of thing, and mm-hmm. it pretty much was. Yeah, and um, well, I don't know whether you've got this bit of information either. This is uh, the only script that JMS says he's not a ha- 100% thrilled with. You know, he's not happy with some of the writing in this, partially because he wrote it when he was ill. Um, that's a but, that's, that's an interesting statement because that means that he thinks everything else he wrote was wonderful. <laughs> well, so, uh, or at least he's it. pleased with that's a you know he's you know because oh he did actually say thrilled he did say thrilled but maybe that's a turn of phrase. Um, but I think you know as a when you create anything you let it loose you you always want to work on it um and perhaps this is one that you know 
he didn't get to release and he probably wanted another run or two at the script but something prevented it i'm i'm speculating here but <laughs> it's just you know yeah, it's it, just, it's, you know going forward i'll i'll just keep that in mind well i think this was a quote he said at the time the episode aired so oh, it, it okay. only applies so to the first actually, season. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like going I mean, further. I mean, he loved he loved the work he did on. Um, uh, oh no, he didn't do that one. He loved the script for uh, Believers. So that should tell you kind of what he. Yeah, his, and his, I also, his quality level uh, viewpoint is. I think also at the time Believers would have been a better episode because of viewing habits at the time and expectations for what a TV show could do. Have shifted considerably. I think you know. Um, it's just there's stories like this that, when it aired, were probably given the benefit of doubt more so than we would give it nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard a Justin Bieber song when I with the song that was at the end of our Believers episode. It was on the other day. I was like, oh god, turn this off. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> oh, <"You've had> enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just trying block out your memory yeah yeah oh um i was just reading through the quote again i don't believe i skimmed over this when i said it about this episode and what he says he doesn't even have memory of writing it when he said <laughs> this at the time you know at the time it is he said he has no memory of writing this episode very interesting let's do quotes of the week any quotes yes let's see um Pretty much all the quotes have to do with uh, Londo. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Sinclair, I'm still waiting for an explanation, gentlemen. Londo, yes, and I'm prepared to give you one, Commander, as soon as the room stops spinning. Sinclair, the station creates gravity by rotation. It never stops spinning. Londo, well, you begin to see my problem. Yeah, that was my... Yeah. <laughs> hey, others. Jason? Yeah, I have uh, Laura, Dr. Laura Rosen. Uh, she says, darling, I did the necessary thing. That is not always the same as the right thing. Uh, cool. I almost said that earlier in, in the recap. I'm glad I didn't say it. <laughs> Any others? Oh, um, you kind of said it during the recap, but it's a linear quote, which I kind of think sums up the entire episode. I think I shall take a vow of silence regarding this entire affair. Yeah. <laughs> But then there's a really good line after that, too, um, where Londo just says, they're a strange people, but they're okay. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just thought that was, I don't know, yeah. the way he said it. He was talking to the statue when he said that, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, any others? Uh, you're not saying it, Will? I don't have any more. We, I've got what probably oh. would be Elizabeth's quote. Shall we say it together? One, two, three. Scrub off. <laughs> yeah. Tried to do the count in there, failed. But yeah, we, without Elizabeth, we've got to say it. Stroke off. All right, let's do our characters of the week. Who is our human of the week? I went with Doctor Rosen, but yeah, yeah that's my choice. Yeah, technically the episodes are partially about her. So yeah. <laughs> Although I'm not sure any human comes up exactly strong in this episode, apart from Ivanova, who only adds a bit part anyway. <laughs> right. That was kind of what I was thinking, too. I was like, I don't know who to give this to. So who's our alien of the week? I'd personally vote for Lanier. Yeah, that's who I vote It's a hard yeah. one. Lanier. Yeah, I guess I'll go with that. Oh, well, let's do episode ratings. 
You want to start out, Jason? You kind of told us what you thought about the episode. Yep, I yeah, just everything I said when I first came on and uh, applies. Uh, obviously, I chose this episode to be on, so I must like it a little bit. So I give it uh, seven out of ten uh, tentacles. <laughs> it's only six. Or, uh. Deeply, deeply disturbed. Um, <laughs> you did, did you, you talk you about here, how you weren't here for that, Jason? I was deeply disturbed by this. That's good. Uh, I don't know if uh, Will said it at the time, but uh, JMS could not believe they let him get away with that <laughs> because yeah. maybe they just the networks didn't know exactly what it was. They didn't to be. get it. They probably <laughs> did get it. Yes, that's usually what happened uh, on Joss Whedon shows. The network just didn't get it. <laughs> um, okay, so my rating. This one was very middle ground for me because I really didn't care about half of it. Um, I didn't uh, care too much about the mind wipe stuff. Like it brought up some interesting topics of discussion. Sorry. Um, but it, I didn't, I didn't care that much. So, um, and I also, Dr. Franklin always has just these storylines that are not that great. And um, I did like, Dr. Rosen, like, once we finally got into what was actually going on. So that would raise it up a little bit. And the best part of the episode was Londo and Lanier. So I'm just going to go straight down the middle. Five out of ten disturbing statues. All right. How about you, Ian? Well, before I even started taking notes of this episode, I um, wrote down that it's a shame that this is the uh, penultimate episode, and yes, we've got a pattern um, in modern shows where the penultimate one is kind of a standalone. But for this first season of Babylon 5, I do think it's a shame we've got this episode as one before last. Um, it's not as bad as other episodes of this season. It's got some good uh, good points. I do find the whole mind wipe idea is an interesting idea. Um, it's not quite as bad as I remember it, but it's nowhere near as good as Babylon, as Babylon 5 can be. So I've got a few issues with it and I don't quite feel Laura Rosen's, um, character fits that well with Babylon 5. It just feels out of place to me. And, and I don't like the mention of life energies. It just feels too vague, too, too X-Filesy for me. So I'm going to go for six out of ten stroke-offs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I like the episode in the well enough. I really like the linear Londo storyline, and I think I was just happy to have a Dr. Franklin story that wasn't as terrible as Infection and, uh, keep forgetting out Believers. Um, yeah, you guys touched on a lot of the same issues I had, but I gave it seven and a half out of ten unperformed mind wipes. I also would like to point out that coming after the last episode, yeah. that always uh, can bring an episode down to when the episode before is so amazing. Okay, well, let us hop on our pod racers and speed on over to Feedback Land. First, we have comments on our website from Board99. Who wants to take that? I can do it. 
Uh, first, she says, regarding tachyons in Babylon Squared, one thing that is absolutely marvelous here is that I think that this is the first time in the entire show that they've referred to a particle, and it's a real one. B5's restraint when it comes to techno babble is one of its virtues. It's a shame that when they do need a bit of technical explanation in the very next episode, they resort to life energy. The Lurker's Guide, which is indeed spoilerific, uh, informs us that the quality of mercy was originally going to be called the Resurrectionist. This has a schlocky, penny dreadful ring to it that I think I prefer to a slightly hackneyed Shakespeare reference that maybe comes across just a little as if JMS scanned a dictionary of quotations under the heading Mercy. But maybe someone who is more invested in the Merchant of Venice than me can point to some profound connection that will make me feel better. There is, I suppose, the thematic importance of debts, debts and life. The killer must be mind-wiped to repay his debt to society. Dr. Rose's machine can only give life in an exact accounting in which it is transferred. Even the Lanier and Londo comedy subplot works. Then Borg goes on to say, now that I think about it, the detail is not from the spoiler-tastic lurker's guide, but from Wikipedia, so it may not be true, but it should be. <laughs> Thanks, Borg. So we had a comment on Facebook from Victor DeGrand, who wants to read that. I'll take that one. Victor says, I found it irksome that with June Lockhart as the guest star, even though Lanier was in this episode, they did not have a scene together. They could have manufactured some minor ailments to give him an excuse to see her. The producers had to know they had starring roles together as mother and son, and they had already made several references to other sci-fi shows. I suppose they considered Lost in Space too juvenile, but I think they really missed an opportunity. And we talked about that, so thank you, Victor. Uh, thanks, Victor. That thread went on to some disturbing possible scenes between those two I won't get into here. <laughs> but next we have an email. It's from Katrina. Want to take that one, Ian? Okay. Hi, everyone. What a change of pace. I suspect the ambassadors had tried to guess the most likely thing for Linnea to do in this episode. It wouldn't have been anything like as silly as it turned out to be. I found Lanier and Lundo comedy Dura to be refreshing balance to the weighty morality tale, both pointless exploring the price of mercy in very different ways. We've now been given a better look at Franklin, as he seems to be quite sneaky about some things. It's pretty obvious just how much the Centauri were lying when they said that Earth was a lost Centauri colony. Perhaps Lundo is more has more in common with fake kosh than any human. I can't help but imagine what would have happened if Jakar had been in the casino. It would have been awesome. It really would have. My rating for Quality Mercy is 7, Best Human Franklin, Best Alien Lanier. Real question, no, I'm not, I'm not Katrina from Veritycast. Thanks for a very addictive podcast, Katrina in Australia. Uh, thank you, Katrina. Cheers. And thanks for my que answering my question. Next, we have an email from Michael. I'll take this one. Hi, everyone. I'm really enjoying the podcast and have finally caught up, so should be able to join in with the feedback fun. I've thoroughly enjoyed season one, believers, infection aside, far more than I did back in the day. I've always remembered season one as being a little more formulaic and mainstream than the following seasons, and whilst it, that may indeed be true, a lot of the groundwork for the features being laid that I missed in previous viewings. On to the review. 
A nicely light Sinclair episode this week, but still no Jakar. Where has he been? Up to no good. A lot of interesting insight into Dr. Franklin and an amazing machine that looks like it could be very useful. I remember thinking the first time I saw this episode that it seemed like a great idea to deal with criminals. Now a little older, I can see the many shortcomings to such a simple idea, but still can't help but feel that a little eye for an eye justice is deserved in some cases, such as the criminal, such as with the criminal here. Speaking of the devil, I felt the actor did a really good job here as he came across as pretty disturbed and very creepy, especially in the scene with Talia. I know she's not everyone's cup of tea, but I liked her in this ep. She got some good material to work with for once, and I found the whole mind-wiping procedure fascinating. Once the prisoner escaped, it got a little predictable. They really need to look into a more secure way of transporting highly dangerous criminals than just walking them through the pedestrian areas of the station. <laughs> I liked how Dr. Rosen was conflicted by her act at the end, even though she clearly did the right thing. Living on at someone else's expense, no matter what kind of person they are, would be very difficult to deal with, especially for someone with her background. I love the Londo and Lanier station tour. Where do I sign up? Lanier's reactions when confronted by the dancers and Londo's cheating with his tentacle genitalia were priceless. Also, it looks like Lanier can handle himself in a fight. They must teach all kinds of things in those Mimbari temples. Overall, a good episode, but on the back of some really great information, packed ones that didn't stand out. Six and a half alien life-sucking justice machines out of ten. Human of the week, I'm going to go for Dr. Rosen here, but Dr. Franklin wasn't far behind. Alien of the week, Lanier. I just loved him in this one. Quote, Sorry, I was just going to say, um, uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> I was just going to say that, um, yeah, it seems everyone's going for Lanier as Alien of the Week. Yeah. Kind of stole the show. Quote, Londo, here you will see the heart and soul of Babylon 5, also its spleen, its kidneys, a veritable parade of internal organs. <laughs> I'm glad you did that one, Michael. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, I was going to say the uh, the actor who played the killer uh, between this and, and Shawshank Redemption, whatever he's in, I can't see him as a good guy, yeah. even when he's supposed <laughs> to be one. Um, and he you know, he works a lot. He's on a lot of TV shows, so yeah. he's still around. But it's very uh, – I all I see is this guy and uh, the guy from Shawshank. He goes on to say, seeing as the season is coming to a close, what do the ambassadors expect from season two? New characters, locales, races, motivations. Just looking ahead at the episode titles has got me chomping at the bit as this next season is where I think the show really gets in, really gets into its stride. Thanks for all the hard work you do to bring us the show. Michael, British podcast fan. Why, thank you, Michael. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Good to hear from another British guy. <laughs> yes, and I'm going to say that we're going to wait until next week for season two predictions when Elizabeth is back. I think we're doing a wrap-up show the week after that. We might do predictions then. All right. Yeah, it's going to be good to hear what you think's going to be coming up because I think I'm going to enjoy hearing your predictions. <laughs> <laughs> Our next email is from Bill. Who wants to take that one? I'll take that one. Greetings, one and all. Hard to believe it's been another week. 
we're up to the penultimate episode of the season and not for the first and not for the first time it was better than i remember i love the word penultimate yes (laughs) (laughs) i have to say i've really been enjoying the rewatch this was an episode of revelations particularly for the mimbari and centauri we start with Lanier discussing his years in the seminary with Londo, who clearly is bored out of his mind. That is, until Lanier explains he was a master adept in probability. Meanwhile, murderer Caller Edward Mueller is found guilty for the murder of three people. In the future, criminals are still referred to by their first, middle, and last name. The answer of what happens to criminals is finally shown. They can be spaced in case of mutiny sent back to Earth, assuming anyone wants them, or they can have their personality wiped. This leads to everyone's favorite telepath, Talia, being assigned to read Mueller's mind. I don't know if anyone noticed, but with the introduction of Lise a few episodes back, Garibaldi no longer flirts with Talia. The third strand of the story involves a former physician who got addicted to stims and lost her license. Excellently played by June Lockhart. She was Bill... How do you say his last name? It's Mummy. Mummy? Uh, oh, it's okay. Mummy. Yeah, it's Mummy. Okay. Um, was Bill Mummy's mother on Lost in Space. My one regret was that they never had a scene together. June's character, Laura Rosen, was in possession of an alien punishment device that transferred life force from one person to another. Once again, Franklin shows his arrogance. It occurs to him that in a galaxy of ancient beings, someone might have created technology that is beyond his knowledge. This episode was a callback to Born to the Purple, showing Londo still loves watching dancing girls. The episode could have also been called Lanier Learns the Facts of Life. <laughs> he revealed that there are 97 Mimbari dialects and subtongues, as well as the fact that Mimbari become psychotic when they drink alcohol. That sounds like such a setup for a future episode. Londo takes... Oh, oh, oh so, yeah. sorry, um... Yeah, set up for a future episode. So in a future episode, we get a Membari drinking um, alcohol, are you say, and they speak all 97 tongues. Are <laughs> 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 you saying both concepts end up in the same episode? Oh, sorry. They speak all 97 tongues and then they go completely crazy and kill someone. Wando takes Lanier to a poker game and uses one of his tentacles, sex organs, question mark, to attempt to cheat. A fight starts and Lanier shows he can kick butt with the best of them. I recall Bill Moomy saying at a convention that his pose and hand gestures came from watching Sailor Moon with his daughter. Oh, Sorry. this is where I saw this. <laughs> oh, Sailor Moon. Um, Lanier takes the blame for the fight and reveals to Londo that lying is a great honor if it saves face. Of course, the evil Mueller escapes custody and forces Dr. Rosen to... Sorry, couldn't see. Um, forces Dr. Rosen to heal him until she has enough, reverses the polarity of the device, and heals herself while doing the rest of the world a favor and killing Mueller. Dr. Rosen is exonerated of criminal charges and leaves her daughter on B5 while she returns to Earth. I like the reverse the polarity. Isn't that something you hear like on every spaceship show? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. essentially what she did. <laughs> As I said at the beginning, it was an enjoyable episode. Not quite as good as Babylon Squared, but way above Believers or Infection. Due to June's acting, I'm making Dr. Rosen the Human of the Week and Lanier gets Alien of the Week. This was certainly his best story since he built the motorcycle. I give it eight prehensile tentacles. <laughs> next, Until next week, this is Bill W. somewhere in Los Angeles. Thank you, Bill. (laughs) Thanks, Bill. You guys really aren't helping Heidi get over (laughs) (laughs) this stupid episode. 
Uh, our final email is from Yan. Who wants to take Yan's email? Yeah, I'll take Yan. Cool. Hello, fellow lurkers in down below. Here's a bit of feedback for Equality of Mercy and a bit for Babylon Squared. Babylon Squared is among my favourites of Season 1. We get the answer to the question of what happened to Babylon 4, but not completely. And now we end up with new questions like, who is the strange alien Zathras? Where did he come from? Who is the one, really? How does a much older Sinclair appear on a station? Will we get answers to new questions posed by this episode? And will those answers, if we get them, pose more new questions? Will Delenn ever return to the Grey Council? And if so, how and why? Will there be consequences for Delenn? Favourite quote from that episode? We are surrounded by signs important, and I feel a darkness pressing at our backs. Favourite human? Sinclair, closely followed by Ivanova. Favourite alien, Zathras, closely, co- closely followed by Delenn. Episode rating, 10 out of 10, reappearances of lost stations. The quality of Mercy is a bit slow paced, and we get to see Will's favourite, Talia. Talia gets rather overwhelmed at, at entering the mind of a murderer, Mul- I almost said Mulder, <laughs> uh, entering the mind of murderer Mueller, and he shows his gallery of victims. The actor playing Mueller can really give me the creeps. His madness is right out there for all to see. Londo tries to teach Lanier about contact with other species, and we learn that Membari do not respond well to alcohol. I love love Londo's reaction when he hears this. Lanier saves space for Londo. And then there is a magic healing machine. And Franklin's free consultations in down below. Finally, Mr. Mueller gets what he deserves. Or what? Favourite quote, Laura Roslin when she's told she did the right thing. I did the necessary thing. That is not always the same thing as the right thing. Favourite human, Laura Rosen. Favourite alien, a tie between Londo and Lanier. Uh, thank you, Thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, don't forget, everyone, if you want to send us feedback, you can send it to mail at downbelowpodcast.com or leave a message for us on our website or in the Facebook group. Let us do predictions for the next episode. The title of the season finale is Chrysalis. Got any predictions, Heidi? Um, We're going to find out about some triangles, I think. I hope. Um... So I'm hoping since it's the season finale, we're going to have all of the ambassadors because that would just be great. At least Jakar has to be back. <laughs> At least Jakar because uh, he has been gone for so long and it's not okay. Maybe he's gone to that mysterious place Kodath went to. Oh, poor Kodath. We miss you, Kodath. <laughs> that just makes me sad. Um, but yeah, so hoping for all the ambassadors and... I I can't even begin to think like what kind of a cliffhanger we'll be left with it being a season finale and all. Um, but luckily we only have to wait like a week or two to watch it, so not an entire summer break. Um, Actually, yeah, it's really weird that um, we'll talk about it more next week, but the season one finale aired one week and season two started the week after. 
Oh, really? So nobody actually did have to wait? It was actually two months between this episode and Christmas. We'll talk about it more next week. <laughs> well, what, I had a weird schedule. Interesting. So nobody was really uh, chomping at the bit for the next episode after this one, were they? No. <laughs> I mean, like, it didn't leave you wondering about anything. So, hmm. Okay. Well, hopefully so, they remembered the last episode. They yeah, no kidding. <laughs> they were just like, oh, that was the end? Okay. That's true. Um, as far as, like, overall predictions, I just have, uh, what I talked about earlier a little bit, uh, building on my other theory about when whatever happens and the people and aliens of Babylon 5 have to band together, I think all of these different little things like Lanier building the motorcycle with Gabaldi and this with Lanier and Londo, they're becoming friends and, um and getting closer with members of other races. And so I think that this is kind of um, just building towards that uh, time when they're going to have to stick together and, uh, and I don't know, save the universe or whatever they have to do. But um, I think that these little character moments, though they may seem kind of just fun and uh, things for the characters to do, I think that they're there for a reason in order to build the relationships. And that's pretty much all I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I may watch this one today if I have time. I know you and Elizabeth had a request for a commentary on this one. For the finale? Yeah. Okay, we'll see if we can do that. Squeeze it in. Yeah, we oddly seem to do an awful lot of commentaries. And okay, uh, me and Will have only kind of done one. It's really been all you and Elizabeth. I hope we're not pushing you too much. No, as long as we can schedule it in, it's totally fine. Cool. Uh, they want to say, yeah gotten emails from time to time people wanting more commentaries but like i eh, can't <laughs> can't make them do every episode i wouldn't even ask them to i would say though that a commentary for chrysalis and a commentary for the first episode of the next season i was thinking would that, but be i didn't cool. want to say it <laughs> okay we'll see what we could do when it's just the two of us scheduling to record, it's a lot easier than, you know, like when we have to reschedule or do things for all four of us. So, it like, commentaries are a little easier to schedule. All right. Well, Jason, thanks for joining us. You're going to be back with us next week, right? Yeah, sorry for being so late. Uh, it's no problem. I, uh, I had it all scheduled ready to go, and I know you told me it was going to be earlier today, and I just got up, turned my computer on, and saw your message. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so, yes, I will be there and on time, and I signed up for this one. As soon as you posted the – as soon as I found out there was a group. Awesome. Christmas. <laughs> so. Oh, one more thing. Don't forget, everybody, that sign-ups will be starting on July 20th at 12 p.m. noon. Details are in the Facebook group and on the website down below, podcast.com. Yeah, I'm glad you did that because uh, Facebook didn't show me that post at all. I didn't know about it until you mentioned it on last week's uh, podcast. Yeah, trying to get the word out. Yeah, sign-ups are two weeks away. Yeah. So that's all we have for today, folks. Looking forward to the season finale in one week's time. Until then, take care. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Somebody say smoke off. (laughs) (laughs) Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. Thank you.